Welcome to the podcast known as For Christ and Nation. This week, we're going to talk about a particular couple that's been giving us all trouble. No, I'm not talking about the fall. I'm not talking about the fruit, Adam and Eve. I'm talking about Miss Corona and Mr. Trump. So we're going to discuss the pandemic and the art and science of government and politics this week at For Christ and Nation. All right. Thank you for tuning in. This is For Christ and Nation. I am your host, Corey. So let's go ahead and get started. We're talking about Miss Corona and Mr. Trump today, the pandemic and the art and science of government and politics. So it's a lot going on, you know, for our world, for our nation. We're facing this global pandemic. It's it's taking out thousands and thousands of people. We have so many that are in hospice. They're being sick. Our elderly are, you know, frightened as far as what may happen. And one night I just had to really pray and, and ask God, why is all of these things happening? We have this worldwide pandemic. Everybody is being hit from it. And God led me back to scripture and he, he reminded me that every time he has sent a plague, every time he has allowed things to happen, it was always for a reason. So being an interdisciplinarian, instead of asking the question, why? I rephrased the question and I asked, why not? Why not have a pandemic? And that's what led me back to the Bible, to Second Chronicles 7 and 14. And the word says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. What that reminded me of is there's always a responsibility of God's people. And when we say God's people, we're talking about the ones who are called out, the ecclesia, the ones who belong to the body of Christ, who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We have a responsibility, people. We first have to be humble, then we have to pray, then we have to seek God and turn from our wicked ways. That scripture just made me, you know, look at things totally different because now each and every day I'm, I'm going through the news and I just start shaking my head like this can't be real. This can't be happening. All the crime and violence that's taken place in some areas of the United States, crime has gone up. Now, yes, there was a lot of contributing factors, especially with this pandemic. People are going into a panic. And in, in areas where the social economics is extremely low, of course, the crime rate is going to rise. But at the end of the day, we have a choice to do what's right and to do what's wrong. Let's be real about it. 
just because I may be getting less money in my pocket doesn't entitle me to go out and commit crime. It doesn't entitle me to go out and just do whatever I want to do so I can make it by. We have a choice between right and wrong. We have pedophiles all over the Internet searching for young children to prey on. The whole Epstein incident. We, we have uh, Pizzagate. Weinstein, all of these individuals. They're over here kidnapping kids, coercing kids into sexual acts. All of this is wickedness. And when I really took a look at the world and the state that it's in, that's why I asked myself, why not? God wants to heal our land. He can do it. We know, we know he can do it. He performs the, the supernatural. He works in marvels. He performs miracles. But what is preventing our miracles from happening? What's preventing the healing of the land? When we look at 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, there's a responsibility and then there's the promise. There's the responsibility of what we're supposed to do. And then we get to the promise of what God is supposed to do or what he said he was going to do. But we have to meet those requirements. Number one is to humble ourselves. When we look at, at the world in, in, in its totality, we are an arrogant people. We put ourselves, we put money, we put celebrities above everything, above God himself. You have more individuals who will search for the Kardashians every day than they do a Google search about Jesus. Everybody wants to put everything else above God. And when we say we have to be humble, what that's saying is we have to put ourselves in a position where we're here, but God is there. To make sure that there's a distinction between the two. We're not on the same level as God. In the beginning, God. And when you go to Revelation, at the end, amen. And everything between there is everything he has done. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And the spirit of God. It's all about him. So we have to be humble. We have to put ourselves in a position where we uplift Jesus and not try to bring him down to our nature. But then it tells us to pray. And I want to talk a little bit about praying because praying is having an expectation. That's what hope is. Hope is having an expectation that something is going to happen. This is where you activate your faith. Because if 
The word says, ask and you shall receive. I have to believe that I'm going to receive it every time I ask it in the name of Jesus. So as I was sit praying for our nation, I was praying for our government. I was praying about this pandemic. And I came to this scripture. I said, Lord, it's time for a change. And that was my prayer for people's hearts to change. That they would stop seeking everything else. And they would start seeking the Lord. But then the last requirement was to turn from our wicked ways. We have to turn away from everything that we're doing wrong, turn away from everything that we want and desire. Now, the word repentance, and a lot of people don't understand this, repent isn't just to say sorry or apologize. That's what a lot of people think when they hear the word repentance. That, that's not what that means. Family, understand when we say repent, it means to turn away from. So when we repent for our wickedness, we're turning away from our wicked ways in order to turn to the Lord. So when it comes to this pandemic and Miss Corona, it's, it's very hard to, to talk about, especially the way this virus you know, has hit so many families, foreign and domestic. It's taken so many lives. Right now, some of you who are listening to this podcast, you have a family member or maybe even yourself may be sick from it. God wants to heal the land. And to start off this episode, I just wanted to encourage you that through this pandemic, Miss Corona, God is going to heal our land when we humble ourselves, when we pray and seek him and we turn from our wickedness as a nation, as a world. When that happens, I can guarantee you it will bring a stop to this pandemic. All right, so we all heard the story about Jesus going into the, the temple. He's standing up. He's overturning tables. We all know about that story. And what we're going to talk about is Christians and their role in politics. So I want to go over and actually debunk one of the, the falsehoods because I heard this this past week. And it actually made me giggle a little bit. Christians should not be seriously involved in politics. So I had to ask the person, give me, you know, an example. Tell, tell me why you believe Christians should not be truly involved in politics. This individual said uh, we should exercise our right to vote. That's what we should do. But when it comes to taking a public stand such as Black Lives Matter, um, opposing 
you know, our president, Donald Trump, as far as his politics and the way he's handling things in the White House, uh, his handling of the corona or COVID-19 pandemic, that's not what Christians should do. But I had to give this individual, of course, scripture, because anytime you say Christians should not do this or they should do that. I don't want your opinion after that. You have to give me an example from scripture. Because that's the only way you can qualify what a Christian should and should not do, because to be a Christian is to be Christ like. So the next question I asked this individual was. What did Jesus do? When it came to politics. Off the bat, he didn't have an answer. He had no example. So I gave him one. And I went to an example that most everybody should know. When Jesus walks into the temple. He sees what's going on. He knows that it's wrong. This is God's house. And you got people over here gambling. You got merchants up in there. And Jesus just stands up and he basically yells at everybody. This is God's house. What are y'all doing? And he's talking to the Pharisees because the Pharisees are the leaders of the people. Those Pharisees were the religious leaders of the people. Basically, they were politicians. So Jesus is talking to the politician saying this is wrong and he starts overturning the tables. Get it out of God's house. So you have to understand, and this is what I explained to him, that the role of a Christian is that we have the responsibility to speak out against wrong. And right now, politics Well, I won't say right now, because politics has always been the platform. That's how you're going to be heard. Is on that platform. Martin Luther King, when he marched, he used the political platform to stand up against social injustice. Right now, you have marches going on, peaceful protests against things that are wrong. And in those mix of people, you're going to find Christians. So to say that Christians should not involve themselves in the role of government is incorrect. Again, we have a responsibility with this. And and time and time again, we, we see illustrations of this in, in the Bible, especially the, the New Testament. Again, we, we as Christians can't just study what Jesus said. We also have to study what he's done. And when we study what he's done. He has stood up and stood out against oppression. He has stood up against laws. Because the Pharisees understand this, that's who they were. They were the, the men of the law of the, the Hebrews. They protected that Israelite law to the T. 
And that's all they, they knew was the law. But they were lacking faith. And every time Jesus corrected them, he stood up against them. They hated him for it. And I have to say this. Because our Christian responsibility to be involved in politics, to stand up and speak out against what is wrong and to teach and show somebody what is right. It starts in our churches. It starts with our, our Christian leaders. And I have to say this. But if you're a pastor. And you are afraid to speak the truth, you shouldn't be a pastor no more. I'm just throwing it out there just like that. I know it's not Sunday right now, but hey, I'll wait till it's Sunday and I'll say it again. If you are a pastor and you have a problem with speaking the truth, you don't need to be in the pulpit. Because the pulpit is the place where the truth is revealed. That's why it's called revelation. So if you can't get in the pulpit and speak the truth about what's going on as a Christian, you're wrong and you need to get out of that pulpit because you're not doing what Christ would do. Now, that's a hard pill to swallow, I know, but it's the truth. And it's only the truth that will make us free. Am I right? So we as Christians have that responsibility. We have to stand up. It is. That's why we're, we're, we're called to, to do ministry. Jesus met the, the opposition fearlessly. They hated him for it. And this is why some of the, these pastors don't want to say the truth. They don't want to stand up on a public platform and denounce what is wrong because they know within their congregation people are doing these things and they don't want to lose members. Let me tell you something, the amount of members don't even matter. It's not about the amount of members you have. And that's what you're, you're doing is protecting your membership. Well, you're in the wrong business anyway. Because I can give you examples from Paul. Every time Paul spoke up after his conversion. The leaders of society would call him wrong. They would call him wrong. Well, what you doing? What you saying, Paul? Who is this Jesus of Nazareth? I don't see him. What are you talking about, Paul? And every time they seen Paul was telling the truth, they wanted to handcuff him. They wanted to beat him. And still Paul got up each and every time. And he continued to speak the truth. That's what we need in these days from Christians is for us to get up, speak the truth and not let up. If you are a Christian, a true Christian, understand 
that is your responsibility to call out what is wrong and tell them what is right. All right. So how many of y'all have been to a, a family reunion? And usually at the family reunion, you know, you got family members there making their, their best dishes. They bring it out, lay it on the table. And it's grandma. Grandma usually makes the potato salad. Now, over the last four years, grandma's potato salad hasn't been that good. And, you know, for the last four years, you've been giving grandma little hints like, <clears throat> oh, I need some water with this. And it's not really the fact that, you know, we need water. It's just her potato salad is dry. And for four years, you had to put up with grandma's dry potato salad at the family reunion every single year for four years. So finally, you're like, you know what? Let's go ask auntie to make the potato salad for this next year. We can't let grandma know. We'll just go to auntie, ask her to make the potato salad, and we'll find an excuse when it comes family reunion time and grandma wants to bring her potato salad. It's just right now we need a change of flavor. Well, that analogy of the family reunion is exactly what some Republicans are doing to Trump right now. If you go on to Twitter or Facebook, they have this hashtag is GOP for Biden or hashtag Republicans for Biden. So what is this? It's just like the analogy. Trump is grandma. And for the last four years, no one's been liking his potato salad. His potato salad is his politics. His authoritarian view of how to run things out of the White House. His own family, the Republicans, they're fed up with his potato salad. And they're even wanting a change. So now they're in support of Biden to come in, not because they want to change their view from Republican to Democrat. They just want a change in flavor for the time being. Let's go ahead and bring auntie in to bring her potato salad in, you know, for at least four years. While we sit down and work on the family recipe, that way we can bring grandma's potato salad back to the table. That's what the Republicans are doing in support of Biden. It's not the fact that they really want Biden in the White House, but they really don't want Trump back in the White House. Well, we're going to touch on that in next episode on part two of Christ in politics, looking at the art and science of government and politics. Listen, I'm Corey. This has been for Christ and nation. As always, 
I love y'all. There's nothing you can do about it. And blessings.